Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. Look at look at look around and look at this good group of people right here, y'all. Come on, this is first service. Thank you, Jesus. Second service, they're still eating breakfast. Coming on in. Thank you, Lord. Um, I've said this before. I'll say it again. If if y'all are early risers, that's great. But if some of y'all want to come to second service, there's a little bit more room in that in that service. So if you want if you want to do that, you're welcome to do that. It, it gives a little bit more elbow room to some folks coming in for for first, right for the first time, and they look around like, man, I don't know if they got room for me. Which is why we're believing God for another building, right? And expansion and more space. Thank you, Lord. So um, be thinking about that if you if you want to come to the second. It's uh, it's great too. We have a good time in second service, and it's not all the same. I'll tell you that right now. So, thank you, Jesus. He's good to us. All right. Did we cover everything? Did my wife disappear? She did. That's all right. She'll come back. I just want to make sure I got it all covered. Well, thank you, Lord. We're in a series on uh, on faith. Have you guys been getting anything out of this? Helping you at all? Uh, it's it's a it's a big subject, but it's also very very simple. And if we can grasp this, we can use it, put it to our advantage, which is what God wants us to do. Uh, we'll see some tremendous things change in our lives. And that's, that's really what he wants. God does not want us to just eke out an existence before Jesus comes back. It is not all about just making it to heaven. Have you figured that out yet? I mean, this life can be very good, and it has its ups and downs. I'm not the, I'm not the type that preaches that once you know Jesus, if you do it all right, then everything's gold forever. That's just not Bible. But what is Bible is that no matter what you face, if you're prepared by the word of God, you can overcome with roses and smiles. Because life can be, it can be tough. Life can throw challenges at us. We've all been there. But I'm telling you what, there's something about believing God and watching him turn uh, something from ashes into beauty. And it, it requires faith. It doesn't automatically happen just because, because we love God. You guys awake this morning? This does not automatically happen to you just because you love God. Experience has proven that to us. We love God. If we love him, then, right, and it automatically happened, we should see a lot more automatically. There's some stuff we got to put our hand to. There's some, there's some things we got to put in our spirits, in our souls, and speak with our mouths so that we can see God's word come to pass in our lives. It has to be done. Nobody else can do it for you. Just you. Yeah? So turn over to Hebrews 5 with me. Hebrews chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. Well, I will say this. We have some ideas, too, for, for our church, for our space, while, while we're still here in the short term, that we're still here and looking for bigger space, um, to, to make more room. But it's going to require a, a construction project. So at some point in the future, uh, hopefully sooner than later, we're going to be calling on y'all to show up for some work days to get some stuff done, because uh, we're going to have to do some shifting and moving. But it's going to be it's gonna be good. It's going to add, potentially could add like 40 more seats, which is a big deal. So be thinking about that. God is faithful, amen? Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. 
Paul talking to the Hebrews again, right? And he's just, he's telling them, hey, by this time, y'all should be teaching this stuff. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through it again. And I'm going to go over it real slow. <laughs> but there's some things, there's some first principles that we need to have in us that we hang on to and don't let go of. Amen? And that means we've got to feed it, cultivate it, nurture it, allow it to grow in our lives. And he's saying, I'm going to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, meaning there are basics, there are foundational truths, there are ABCs in Scripture that we as believers need to have. And we saw over the last couple of weeks where Paul, or Paul too, but Jesus uh, when he found unbelief in his hometown, his home area, he went around the synagogues and the cities and the villages teaching them in a circuit. He was, he's like, the, the cure for ignorance, the cure for unbelief is teaching. Paul did the same thing when he came back to the churches. He had you know, uh, three separate missionary journeys and other tangent journeys where he traveled and ministered, and he came back to the same churches to strengthen the churches. He was, he was reinvigorating them with the with the word of God. There's something about coming back to a subject and, and stirring that gift, stirring that seed, that fruit, that plant in, on the inside of you up again so that you recall and remember and put it into use. There's something about just staying on it. And so, you know, we here, we cycle through some subjects. We, we go through some subjects because, come on, people are, are moving or, or coming in and some of y'all haven't heard this taught before. And so it's new for you. But if you've heard this talk before, if you've been around for a couple of years, you need to hear it again, right? Don't tune out thinking, I've heard this already. You did not get it all the first time. So there's stuff in here that, that we need to grasp and hang on to so that we can progress, move forward. You guys with me? So in understanding faith and the basics, we have to understand a few things, right? We've, we've learned that we have to understand what faith is. We've got to define it. And at the simplest point of contact, the definition of faith is simply what we believe. What you believe is your faith. And that, that should come out. It should come out in your, your attitude and your actions and your words. But it's simply what you believe. Then we have to understand how faith comes. We have to know what it is. We have to define it. We have to know how it comes. And Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the understood subject of that verse is that you have heard it and received it as truth. I believe that. That is true. That works for me. Amen? Because if you hear it and you don't receive it as truth, faith did not come. But if we stay in those two subjects, if we stay with just defining truth or defining what faith is and then, and then finding out how faith comes and that's all we know, we're going to be stuck with getting faith in us and not having any idea of how to use it. We've got to know how to use faith. There's an action to faith. James talks about faith, that faith without works is dead. You can believe all day long, but if it doesn't cause you to move to action, you're in trouble. So we're finding out what faith is, how faith comes, and how faith must be released. So we learned this, that faith comes by hearing and accepting as truth what you have heard. We saw last week, we talked about uh, Thomas, right? And how he wouldn't believe till he saw, and that we're not called to be like that. We're called to believe because we heard the report and we accepted it as truth. There's a blessing in that because we live 2,000 years from when Jesus was on the planet. There's something about us believing in Jesus without seeing him with our eyes that is credited to our account. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and haven't seen, right? So I haven't seen him, but I believe the report. I believe the account. Not just, I mean, certainly just from this book, but there are so many other writings 
that proved Jesus was a real person. He lived on the earth, he died, and he rose again. It's not just what some people call the fairy tale of Scripture. It is provable. It's provable. Right? So we, we put our hope and our faith and our trust in the book, in the love letter that God wrote us, the instruction manual. And that's credited to our account. That's good news for you and I, that we're here on a Sunday morning to hear about Jesus, to find out more about how to use the faith God gave us. That's credited to our account because we believe it. It stirred you to get out of bed early, to put those feet on the cold floor, to find breakfast for the kids, get them dressed and make it. Right? It stirred you to do something. Amen? That's credited to your account. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We saw that faith is the foundation that provides support for the confident expectation. That's, that's Hebrews 11. Faith provides the support for what you confidently expect God to do. And that confident expect is what the, the scripture calls hope. But Bible hope is confident expectation. That you read it, you see it, and you know. That's mine. That's mine. Your faith provides the support for that expectation. So we saw that Hebrews 11 is not a definition of faith. It is what faith does. It's working. It's undergirding. It's underpinning the promises that God said we can confidently expect. So now when we pray, it's different. When we see it in the word of God, it's different when we pray. Because we're not wishing and hoping and asking. This isn't a Santa Claus list when we talk to God. You go to the word first, and you find yourself in here first, and then you bring his word before him. Not arrogant and haughty, but he said, put me in remembrance of what I said. So when you obey him, that's actually humbling yourself under what he said and obeying. It changes the way you pray. See, this subject, this subject changes everything. Good news. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to see a, a couple of things today. Number one is, if you're going to pray, you're going to talk to the Lord, if you're going to release your faith, you're going to use it, you've got to understand, you and I have to understand what the will of God is. We have to understand what the will of God is. It is not an ambiguous thought. It is not something that cannot be understood or comprehended. You know, people quote the scripture, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then they just abdicate from all the responsibility. Well, we can't possibly understand him. But we have the Holy Spirit in us. Let me say that again over here. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. The third person of the Godhead lives in here, illuminating your spirit and your mind and your thoughts and helping with your emotion. I mean, he's helping everything if we'll let him. And so when we need to know something, he is ready, willing, and able to reveal it to our spirits. But we got to know what the will of God is. And it is not something that can't be found. It is searchable and findable right from the scripture. What did he say? What did he say? When you ask someone to pray with you or pray for you or agree with you, come to them armed and ready with what the scripture says. Because I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for people. And they said, I just need prayer in this. Okay, well, what are you believing for? Where's your, what's your scripture? Well, I don't have one. Well, that's a problem. That's the first problem. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to pray with you and for you, but if you don't even know what God said about it, it's going to be really hard to believe him for it. Are you listening to me? And so it's important we understand what the will of God is. So just in the, just in the area of healing, just, just as that subject alone, there are tons of scripture 
about God's will to take care of his people, to heal his people. Tons. We can stand on that scripture to receive healing in our bodies. It's in there. In Exodus, right before the, the Israelites got let go by Pharaoh and they got to leave, the Bible says that right after Passover, when they partook of Passover, that, that the next day they are, they are leaving Egypt, loaded down with clothes and silver and gold and anything they can carry or put on carts. The Egyptians are like, just get them out of here. Give them, give them everything we got if they leave and stop this madness that's happening. And they loaded up. But the Bible says that there was not one feeble among them. That means nobody was hobbling. Nobody was hurt. Nobody had a cough. God healed them all. They left. It was well over a million people. Could have been close to two. Easy. When they left Egypt and started traveling to the promised land. And not one. Not one. This is what God does. It's his will. It's his will that we walk in health and wholeness and healing. So don't, don't worry about what you've thought about and done in the past. Take this moment from right here. Make this a new start for whatever you're believing for, if it's healing in your body, and go to the word of God and say, Lord, I see it in here. It's mine. There was a, there's another story in Numbers where um, they were complaining against God, and these fiery serpents came out of nowhere and started biting the children of Israel, and they were getting sick and dying. And God told Moses put a bronze serpent on a pole and bring it out. And whoever looks at it, they will be healed. And he did. He, put a, he fashioned a bronze serpent and took it out into the midst of the people. And the, whoever saw it were instantly healed and they lived. They lived. And Jesus said, just like, just like Moses put the bronze serpent on the pole in the wilderness, so I must be lifted up. Right? So Jesus was. He, he went to the cross. He took stripes on his back. The Bible says that by his stripes that he took on his back before he went to the brutal cross, we were healed. Past tense, when it happened. When he, when he took the stripes, that's when our healing happened. We see it again. Jesus said it several times. People said, Jesus said, what can I do for you? And, and the people said, if you're willing. Jesus, if you're willing that you'd heal me. And Jesus said, I am willing. Be cleansed of your affliction. He said it multiple times. This is Jesus saying, I am absolutely 100% representing the Father. Whatever I do, whatever I say, it's, it's because of him. So when he did it, we know that's, that's the Father's will for us. You guys okay? I mean, this is God's will. So we got to process this differently in our lives. We got to start thinking about this differently. If it's his will, then there's nothing stopping me from receiving it. Nothing. Matthew 12, Luke 6, Jesus healed them all. The Bible says all that came to him, he healed them all. If, if, if it's like the doctrine that people believe that today, that God picks and chooses, that it's based on your performance, that it's based on where you're at in the right time and the right, if it's, if it's that way, then we've got to see Jesus do that in here. We've got to see Jesus say, mm, not your time. You haven't met all the requirements. You've got to go back and do this, and then you're good to go. Right? There's a couple times Jesus gave them in, in instructions to go do, and it, when they obeyed him, it happened, just like he said. But over and over again, we saw here, well, all that came to him, he healed them all. And we're talking hundreds and thousands of people. So this is just one little subject that we can go to the word of God and find out what's God's will for me. It's to walk in health and wholeness. 
all the days of my life. For him to straighten it and stretch it out and fix it and heal it. Even if I did it to myself, he can fix it. Because he's merciful and he's good. Amen. John 10.10. Well, let's go back. We'll go back. 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3. Even talking about the plan of redemption. Just another subject. Now, we know, just from reading the scripture, and not everybody teaches this, but I'm telling you that you start looking at what other people believe and what they teach. But I'm telling you, God's plan for redemption was for all human beings. He, wants, he, he is not willing that anybody should perish. Right? He made it available to all, to the worst of the worst. Amen. He made redemption available. And we would say that to people. They, they would, if we were witnessing Jesus to someone and they said, I'm not worthy. I don't, I don't think I'm one of the called. I don't think I'm one of the elect. We would say, are you crazy? Jesus died for everyone. For everybody. Amen. We believe this about salvation and that we parse it out. We change it when it comes to healing or provision, or help in other ways. It's like, well, I didn't really earn it. You didn't earn salvation either. Not even close. You can't even get there. You were broke. Busted and disgusted. He came and found you. And made you a king's kid. That's a big deal. So the same thing's true with healing. You can't earn it. He gave it to you. He went to the whipping post where most men would have died on the post getting beaten like that. And he took that before they crucified him so that we could walk in health and healing. Just finding the will of God is a big deal in Scripture. It's a big deal. 1 Peter 3 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his will. So we just transfer that right over into healing. He is not willing that any is sick, any is hurt, any is in pain. He wants us all to be well, all of us. So we find that, we find that, that's a big deal. That's a big start of believing because if you can't, if you can't believe that, it's, it's really hard to walk in faith because you don't know if God, does he want it for me or does he not? I don't know. We go to the scripture and say, no, he does, he does. He didn't turn anybody away. Jesus never turned anyone away. He healed them all. John 10.10 10 says the Lord is not, or sorry, John 10.10 10 is um, um, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief's the enemy. He, if it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it's from the enemy. Jesus came that we might have life, have it more abundantly, right? That is his mission. He said it. That means God commissioned him for the mission so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. You know, this works in other countries. In third world, third world broke countries, there are people that have found the word of God and changed their whole generation's life. I mean, there's, just think there's countries in Africa that there's turmoil, but there are other countries that are extremely abundant and it's because they opened their doors to the gospel and the word of God went in and people got born again and they found out about the word of faith and began to believe God. And things bloomed in the jungle. Just amazing stories of churches and people's businesses. So this works, this works all over the planet. God's not willing that anybody die and suffer in hunger and poverty. There's always a way to come up and out. Always, always. Thank you, Lord. 
Turn over to Mark 11 real quick. Mark chapter 11. So this is important. This is the differentiation. We've got to look at this because this is where we're going to connect our mouth to our faith. You know what faith is. What's what you believe. So you've got to guard how, what you believe and how you believe it. You know how it comes. You want godly biblical faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You've got to get it from scripture. You've got to get it from the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. That's the only way to get Bible godly faith. Right? So now we know what it is and how it comes. Now, what do we do with it? Because it doesn't do anything just sitting in us, all happy. It's got, something's got to happen. Because believing that it is God's will for us to be healed is not the same as believing we receive it when we prayed. Let me say it again. Believing that it is God's will to be healed, but it is God's will to be saved. Believing that it is God's will to prosper. It is God's will to help us in every possible way. That it is God's will that we have life and have it more abundantly. Believing that it is his will is not the same as believing we received when we prayed. So Mark 11. Mark 11, 22. It says, have faith in God. This is Jesus, red letters. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, here it is, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When do you believe you receive it? Come on, when you see it, when it shows up, when you pay the bill? No, you believe you receive it when? When you pray. When you pray. Now, it's interesting about this verse, this passage of scripture, 23 and 24. Go back to 23 real quick. When you're, when you're reading through this verse, Jesus is using the word say. See that first word right there? If you have your Bible, you need to circle and underline that word say. Therefore, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, right? And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, he will have whatever he says. Jesus uses the word say a whole bunch of times and he only uses the word believe once. That means you're going to have to focus on and talk about and be taught about the saying part way more often than the believing part. And as believers, we believe. That's, it's, it's our nature when we say yes to Jesus and start finding out who we are and who Jesus is in here to believe. It's in our nature. The Holy Spirit on the inside of it, it's, it's our nature to believe. But there is a work that happens that of using your mouth to speak what you believe that puts it in motion. That's the releasing part of your faith. There are sometimes God will, will ask you, call you, tell you to act, to do something in faith, to step out in an action, to do something outside of what you normally do. But most of the time, your faith is activated by the words that come out of your mouth. They are containers. They do something all the time, whether positive or whether negative. And the Bible says we'll give an account for the idle words. Things we just let go and we're not focused on anything. God is very serious about what comes out of our mouth. He's very serious about it. 
There's something about believers that speak that changes things. It changes things. It puts in motion. I heard one minister say it like this. The Lord showed him a vision one time of angels standing around, waiting to be commanded, waiting to get instruction, waiting for the word of God to come out of a spirit-filled believer in faith. And they, as soon as they heard it, they were gone. They were working. There's more going on than just you. You and yours. There's way more going on. We'll see it eventually with our own eyes, but I'm telling you right now, there is more going on than just the stuff you can see and feel and touch and taste and hear. I'm telling you. When you speak words of faith, something's moving right now. That's why we got to guard our tongue. We got we to gotta be real careful how we say things because you can have a moment of like faith-filled speaking words and then the next day or the next hour, right, be tempted with discouragement and then let something come out that just puts a halt to the whole thing. Right. You go fire the engine back up again. Right. Make sure you're not saying, don't speak against your hope. Don't speak against what you already said. Hold your tongue. Paul said, hold fast to the confession or the profession of what you believe, your faith. Hold fast to that because somebody's trying to get it out of your hand. Somebody's trying to get it out of your mouth. Somebody's trying to put something else in place to get the engine to stop running the way you started it when you spoke words of faith. I think we'll see in not too long we were the ones that were the greatest hindrance to our miracles. We were the ones that were the greatest hindrance to the blessing. We were the ones that just didn't endure and, and, and hold fast to what we confessed. And we, we let the cares and the concerns in life just let us speak some things that just stopped the whole thing. And if we could see that, we would shut our mouth and say the right stuff and then zip it. Let it work, let it work, let it work. And then reinforce it again and say it again. Oh, yeah, that's working. That's working right now. I'm living in a house because we talk like this. I'm living in. I get to sleep in that place because we talk like this. We saw it with the eyes of our spirit. We spoke it and we hung on to it. And we didn't speak contrary to it. This will happen. And it did. How about you? Something you can hang on to like a bulldog on a bone and never let go. No, this is working. It's working right now. I don't have to see it. The word of God works. The word of God works. And when it shows up, yep, that's exactly right. That's what I saw. And now we're on to the next. That's how, that's how faith people live. That's how we move. That's how we operate. That's how we live and walk and move by faith is that we see things and speak things and God works. His word works. It begins to form and shape. And we're going to be doing this for all of eternity. All of eternity. We're going to be using what we believe and speak to create with our Heavenly Father. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So we're learning to do it now while we're kids, right? Just barely, <laughs> barely started. The shortest thing we'll ever do is this life right here. Thank you, Lord. So he focuses, he focuses on this. If you say to this mountain, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe what you say, you're gonna see it happen. You're gonna see it happen. So we gotta focus on the same part. This is one of the most critical pieces of where we're at right now. Understanding faith is good, knowing how it comes, we gotta know that. But releasing your faith and letting it get to work, man, you'll use that forever. 
Forever. I don't mean just this life. I mean forever. Releasing it. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Murphy's Law is not in the Bible. Stop saying that. Bad things come in threes is not in the Bible. Stop saying that. Stop looking for it. What you believe will be the undergird of your confident expectation, whether it's godly or not. If you're looking for the third, it's coming. Change what you're looking for. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Go to 1 John 5. You can, take, can you take a little more? 1 John 5. There's nothing, there's nothing better than living by faith and watching God work. And I'm not just talking about acquiring stuff. That is not what I'm talking about. It applies to us because we're all in a place where we're believing God for something. Come on, paying off the washing machine or the car or getting out of debt or, or you know, trying to do something. We're all in different places. We're trying to get some healing in our bodies or help for our loved ones. We're all in a place where we need to be believing God for something. All of us. This isn't about acquiring stuff. This is about seeing God be faithful in the things that matter to us. And he cares. He cares that your truck breaks down all the time. He would like you to have a better one. Because if you're not working on your truck all the time, you could do more stuff for him. That was weak, but that's okay. (laughs) I got a few amens out of that. 1 John 5. Verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his what? According to his will. Then what? He hears us. He hears us. So if you're praying a prayer and you haven't found out what the will of God is, good luck. But if you found his will and you're praying according to his will, you're guaranteed he hears you. That's good news. There are a lot of, a lot of Christians, a lot of prayers, praying prayers, don't even get to God's ears. Oh, I believe he hears all of it. <laughs> according to this scripture, he doesn't. You're not, you can't be confident of it at all. But if we pray according to his will, we can be confident he hears us. This is why we have to know what his will is. If you're not certain he wants you well, don't even bother praying. It's a wish and a hope, not a confident expectation. You go to the scripture first. Does he want you well? Yes. Does he want you provided for? Yes. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. If you're not living more abundantly, there's more for you. It, the thing about more abundantly is wonderful because every time you get there, there's more. It's like all you can eat buffet. Uh, miss, I just cleaned out the mashed potatoes. We're going to, yeah, I, we got some. It's coming right out. And then they bring out a whole new tray. Yes, I knew it was bottomless. They meant it. It's bottomless. Every time you get to another level, there's more. Have life and have it more abundantly. This is our confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. It keeps going. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, everybody say whatever. Whatever Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, you can't separate these two verses. They are together. That means you can't say whatever I ask. No, 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 no. According to his will. According to his will. That means you can't ask for your neighbor's wife. That's not God. (laughs) Sorry, ain't gonna happen. You, You know, there's things that you can't ask for that are outside the will of God for your life. 
But there's lots of will of God for your life in here. Lots. Your stuff that works and lasts longer than it should. Nice clothes on your back. Come on, I've shopped at Goodwill. I've been down there. There's some decent stuff. There's also a lot of junk. You know? I don't think God's cheap at all. I think he wants his kids to have the best. And I think we just short ourselves by not going after the best. Not in a haughty, arrogant, this is all we use our faith for way, but come on now, there's something about believing God for something and seeing it come to pass that boosts your faith. Now let's apply it to your loved ones. You're not headed rascal loved ones that need Jesus. Come on, you can use your faith that God will bring laborers to them and they would hear the gospel and open up their hearts and their minds to that. The Ephesians prayers are a great thing to pray for that. Lord, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. They need to know that. You can pray that over them. Use your faith. Watch God work. Somebody's got to believe for them. Somebody believed you in. You're just as not headed as they are. Thank you, Lord. In the Amplified, it says this. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. That's the Amplified. In verse 15, and if, and if, and since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have, we have, has granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. I want to read that last part again because I want you to get it. Is it up there? Okay, look, 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 the last part. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge. Come on, that's an assurance, isn't it? Is there anything in your life that you know with settled and absolute knowledge? Is there anything, anything? Come on, there are things, right, that we know for sure. We know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possession the request made of him. That goes right back to what Jesus said. When you pray, believe you receive it. Right now, it's yours. Well, I can't, I can't see it yet. What are you, a cartoon? Come on. You got to use your imagination and picture what it is you asked for according to the will of God and see it done already as your present possession, knowing that in the spirit, it's working right now. It's coming to you right now because you declared by faith according to the will of God. He heard you and you know you got it. Doesn't that change your after prayer? Doesn't it? The, when you say amen after a prayer like that, it's like done. Yes. Come on, let's start making plans. And then Paul told us to hold fast our confession. Hold fast to it. Hold fast to it. Come on, it's important what you say. Don't let the enemy rob you. Every second, every second he's working to get that out of your mouth. He's working to put something else in and replace it so that the engine stops. Every second. You got to recognize that's an attack on you receiving what God's called you to receive. Accessing what he's called you to access. It's an attack. It's an assault to get you to change what you said. To twist it. To get the engine to stop. Are you hearing me? Our words are important. And this should not surprise us because God created everything we're sitting in and looking at with words. Everything. He spoke it into existence. 
And he told us, man, watch what you say. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Choose life. Everything we're living in, everything we're experiencing right now is what we've created, what we have said, what we have believed for. I'm telling you right now, everything. God is not slack concerning his promise. There are things we need to change what we believe about ourselves and about what God says about us, and it will change in your life. You'll see it naturally show up because of how you've changed how you believe and how you speak over yourself. This is faith being released. The primary way our faith is released is through our words. And I'll say this to you. If your faith is not big enough in your heart to move your mouth, it will never move a mountain. It's not big enough in your heart to move your mouth. It will never move your mountain. You've got, it's got to be so big in you, it comes out of your mouth and you speak what God said. And then you will see stuff get out of the way. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, there's plenty more, but that's all we got. We'll just keep going. We'll just keep going, right? Again, I got to bait it. I got to bait it for next week, y'all. Come on. <laughs> God is faithful, isn't he? Amen. So he's going to be checking you all week. You, you listen to the Holy Spirit. When you start to say that thing you always said, you check your mouth. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm taking that back. I reel that baby back in. I don't believe that. I'm not taking that. This is what I believe. And then say it. Because you'll get checked. You'll, you'll get prompted. Uh, is that really what you want? Do you really want to say that? No, I don't. That's an emotional feeling. That is something from my past. I am not speaking that out of my mouth anymore. Watch those opportunities because they'll come up. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.